Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Harry Pell, and today we are studying Masechet Shabbat Daf Pei. That's Tractate Shabbat Daf 80, and the section we'll be focusing on is on Amud Bet, towards the top of the second side of the page. Daf Pei begins with an extended discussion about the minimum thresholds that apply to different materials when it comes to violating Shabbat by carrying. It goes without saying that in discussing the Mishnah, the Amoraim, the rabbis of the Gemara, took for granted that we are all familiar with the prohibition of Hotza'ah, literally transferring, but more commonly referred to as carrying on Shabbat. As a quick review, the rabbis identify four types of domains that are significant in any discussion of carrying on Shabbat, the two most important of which are public domains, Rashut HaRabim, and private domains, Rashut HaYachid. It is prohibited to carry an object in the public domain on Shabbat, or to transfer an object from domain to domain on Shabbat. The only exception to this is when individuals combine, or literally mix, their domains to form an Eruv, or when we enclose a public space to render it, legally speaking, a private domain, also referred to as an Eruv. All that having been said, the ongoing discussion in the Gemara revolves around the following essential question. When it comes to ink, or food, or even eyeshadow, what is the minimum quantity one must carry from a private domain into the public domain to be considered as having violated the prohibition of a hotza'ah, carrying? For food, for instance, the threshold for having actually violated the law is determined to be carrying food whose volume is equal to or greater than the volume of a dried fig. Even more specifically, once we've established a minimum threshold volume, what if an individual carries half of the minimum volume into Rashid Arabim? deposits it there, returns for more, and again carries half the minimum threshold volume into Rashut HaRabim. Does this add up to a violation of the prohibition of Hotza'ah? Generally speaking, the answer is no. To actually violate the prohibition, one must generally carry the full minimum threshold volume at one time. But the discussion does give rise to a very interesting tangent. One of the substances the Gemara asked about in this context is lime, seed in Hebrew. Apparently, in addition to the agricultural uses of lime in the ancient world, lime was also used as a depilatory to remove unwanted hair and to bring color and glow to pale skin. The rabbis seem to approach lime with a note of caution, though, holding that as effective as it is, it should only be used one limb at a time because it raises one's body temperature, and if used over the entire body simultaneously, the rabbis believe this could be dangerous and even life-threatening. This discussion of lime and its application prompts the rabbis to share a ma'aseh, a story about an incident that happened to Rav Bevai. Rav Bevai Havyale Berata. Rav Bevai had a daughter. Tfala Ever Ever, he, Rav Bevai, applied lime to her body one limb at a time, apparently making her skin glow and making her more attractive in the process. Shakalba Arba Meot the lime treatment apparently made her very beautiful. And in seeking to match her up with a husband, she was seen as so attractive that Rav Bevai received 400 zoos, 
a significant sum from her suitor at the time of marrying her off. Hava hahunokri bishvavute. There was also a particular non-Jew in Rav Bevai's neighborhood. Havya Leberata. He too had a daughter. Tfala bechad zimna. He applied lime to her entire body at once. Umeta, and she died. The simultaneous application of lime to her entire body killed her, but that's not how her father saw it. Amar, Rav Bevai's non-Jewish neighbor, said, K'tal Rav Bevai livrati. He said, Rav Bevai killed my daughter. The neighbor essentially blames Rav Bevai for his daughter's death. Even if it was the neighbor's actions that killed her, in his mind, they were based on Rav Bevai's earlier actions. Whoa. What is this crazy story, and what is it doing here? First and foremost, this story seems to be a window into the reality of the time period, including the gender reality. And even if the particular details don't ring true, at the very least, the way the Gemara portrays the characters in the story is indicative of the time period. Let's see how many stereotypes and cliches we can identify. Rav Bevai has a name, his daughter does not. For that matter, the non-Jewish neighbor gets a title, but not a name, and his daughter certainly doesn't merit a name. The non-Jewish neighbor doesn't seem to be all that bright, either. And Rav Bevai's concern as a father for his daughter, without a hint of shame, seems to be more invested in making her a more attractive potential mate and himself a wealthier father-in-law than in her welfare or happiness. Putting all that aside, though, I think this story, and hence this daf, still has a strong message to share. And it is a message of personal responsibility. According to Rabbeinu Hananel, an 11th century North African commentator, the neighbor accuses Rav Bevai wrongly, because had he followed Rav Bevai's example to a T, applying the lime limb by limb, the daughter would have indeed become more beautiful, and instead, by applying it to her whole body, the neighbor killed his own daughter. To Rabbeinu Hananel's mind, and I have to admit to my mind as well, when you strip away the potential misogyny and xenophobia in the story, what you're left with is all too common in human nature. We take credit for our own successes, but we blame others for the negative outcomes of our own actions. Perhaps the message of the daf is that we all make mistakes. Hopefully none as tragic as liming our relatives to death, but even in the case of our serious mistakes, even when they have significant negative repercussions, better that we own our mistakes than cast blame inappropriately on others. Thank you, and Yishar Koach, I hope you enjoyed today's Daily Daf differently, and I look forward to sharing more Talmud insights in the future. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.